The Raw Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast. I'm Brett McKay. Three rounds played and it's as clear as mud in the Rugby Championship and your place for the biggest and best rugby discussion is the raw.com.au, Australia's biggest sporting debate. Wonderful to speak to Rian Lowe last week and then great to get around the proverbial pub table in Saturday night's Instant Reaction Pod 2. Thanks to everyone who got in touch via the various means. Over the last few days, you can have your say each week on the Raw or hit us up on the socials. Join me this and every week, a man coming to me for the from the same time zone for the first time in pod history, Harry Jones in the Melbourne studio. Hello, mate. How are you? G'day, Australia. <laughs> I've, uh, I've, been, I've been on your sunny shores in the wintertime. I've actually stayed on... In two two regions, uh, Hindley Street in Adelaide and yep. St Kilda, that are known yep. for their for their brothels, or they used to be known for their brothels. Yeah. Um. So I have maybe a little bit of a of a, a twisted view. Yeah. Uh, of Australia, but it's been really fun. I got to say, yep. your countrymen and countrywomen have been super friendly. Uh, I've indulged in many many things, and I, I I know I've seen the pictures. I have very little <laughs> sleep going on here, but uh, no, it's been wonderful. It's a great country. You uh, you only need to get around Kings Cross this weekend, coming in Sydney, and you will have completed the set. <laughs> uh, you've but you've enjoyed the trip, haven't you? You've had you've had a you've had a great time. Oh yeah, so Adelaide, I think for other Australians, is not always on the top of their list. But in, no. I would say, for, I would say this actually, it was a really great town. They were not used used to rugby that much, and so for them, it was kind of a novelty. Yeah, uh, but they ate it up. It was uh, yeah. it was three four a.m. and the place was packed still on the streets. They were asking questions like, "What is a Springbok? Uh, and where can <laughs> I watch? Where can I watch the All Blacks?" No one knew, but uh, no, yeah, it's it was great fun. And then now I'm in Melbourne with hanging out with our friend Jeff Parks and got to see Kevin Foote over at the Rebels today and yep. uh, Je- Jeff Parling from our pod. And really, pod. yeah, it's been a wonderful time just seeing, you know, the slices of rugby in Australia. And I would say the, the loss, the, the Wallaby victory over the Springboks would have been much, much more painful watching it on TV. The fact that I'm here having fun. Yeah, in, right. Even, cool. In a weird way, enjoying a, the Australian yeah. uh, joy, it's, it's, it's made it less uh, problematic. <laughs> yeah, cool. Now, that's yeah. that's that's one that's one good thing. Well, mate, we've um, we've said all the way through this maiden season on the pod that we've been blown away by the calibre of guests that we're somehow getting, and that will certainly be true of this week's guest as well, though I'm not sure we've ever timed a guest better than we have this week. The Raw Rugby Podcast. To the Pods Hamilton Studios we go this week, and from there we offer a very warm welcome with sincere thanks for his time and incredibly busy schedule to former rampaging Randwick number eight and the coach of a very proud Argentinian national side, Michael Checker. Michael Checker, welcome to the Raw Rugby Podcast. How are you? All right? Yeah, very, very well. Congratulations, Good. first and foremost. That was an absolutely fantastic win we've had some fantastic guests on the pod this year um but we haven't timed any of them anywhere near near as well as we've timed this chat for you yeah well i suppose good timing yeah in that way <laughs> it's much better than coming off the back of a loss i don't know <laughs> yes indeed in, indeed it gives us a few things to talk about it certainly does it certainly does well tell us about the immediate the immediate feeling of that you, you said i heard you say in the press conference that this was something that you never did as a Wallabies coach. You wouldn't have done it too often as Waratahs coach, even winning in New Zealand. We're talking about uh, where's where does that rank for you? Well, I don't think many have won here. You know what I mean? There's not many yeah. women here. You know, so um, oh look, it was <clears throat> obviously in the if you look at it in the context of what where we're headed around the world. You know, the planning for the World Cup. Um, it's really it's it's really nice to be able to hit some firsts along the way mm. because it encourages confidence. Um, it brings the the players a little bit more into the you know the buy in work you know on the new things that we're trying or different things that we've been doing, and we have been doing some things that are a little bit different. Mm. Uh, it gets that you know it sort of gives you that confirmation piece off the back of it when you can achieve first, and when it also builds. Self belief in the players, 
um, for what's to come. And uh, and so, yes, as far in that context, it's good. Like, obviously, great to beat a team of the quality of New Zealand. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. So it's a good feeling. But, you know, you always got to be mindful that, and this is where the first team probably to do it now in rugby championship with to come play in New Zealand twice in a row. So, um, you know, when that you, you know that there's going to be plenty coming your way the next week, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And bra- bracing for all black response is, is something that you have got a bit of experience of. So, what have you been telling the Argentinians guys this week? No, look, I, I think that um, it's actually really great situation to be in because it will really test us you know about, yeah we've had a few i've been really pleased with the way we've 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 come along this season and even in the games that we haven't won we've we've, we've been we've been able to learn from those and take the, those things straight to the next game so we lost the game against scotland in the middle of that series and then we lost the first game to australia um Probably the Australia game, we're in, you know, we're in a fair bit of control there of the game, and we let it get away from us. So um, now we've got to apply, um, sort of, have the test where there's a team that's obviously ranked higher than us and is much more fancy than we are. Mm. We've beaten them, and then we've got to go and, and do it again straight away on their turf, you know. So you know, it even becomes more unlikely that you'll be able to do it twice. So mm. you've got. Um, you know, prepare with the right balance of giving some new things, a few little new things, but not too much different. You know, yeah, yeah. You, you, your same principles really should apply from one week to the next. Yeah, it's one thing to do it once, but to do it twice—that's that's that's going to be something, isn't it? Well, I think you just got to, <clears throat> you know, understand how you want to play, prepare accordingly in training, and then, you know, don't. Don't get anxious. Just go out there and back yourself, and and um, go with exactly how you've you've planned the day out. You know, yeah. and, and see where it lands. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael, uh, one of the things that I looked at that seemed a little bit different was your loose forward trio. Uh, you have uh, one Martin Gonzalez. You have Marcos Kramer making twenty six, twenty seven tackles. Yeah. Uh, Pablo Matera doing what he does. But it's in a sense they are interchangeable in some ways. Uh, Pablo was scrumming down on the open side. There's a left-right flanker idea sometimes more than a blind side, uh, open side. And I was wondering if that was part of your theory there that you could, I mean, cleaning rucks, uh, attending rucks, and tackle and carry. You kind of have a one-size-fits-all. I mean, these are big guys, and they can they can get low and they can come hard. Yeah, it's very different for me. Um, <clears throat> obviously, I've been very fortunate in the past with Hooper and Pocock and uh, guys like mm. this who can who are mm. genuine open sides. You know, players that have that I've been able to coach over this last block. And this is a different combination of players with a different sort of strategy, different setup around how you, you set set your team up and who's doing what. Um, you're obviously watching the games quite closely because, yeah, the left and right situation does come in. Um, and they're, they're pretty much scenario-related situations. So, um, yeah, it is a very interchangeable mm. scenario system. And even our, our um, players that didn't play, if you look at those guys, Asante Grondona, who came on, um, uh, Facundo Issa, uh, Rodrigo Bruni, um, even and Joaquin Oviedo, who's here as well, with us, all very like multi, they're, yeah. they're multi sort of skilled. No out and out open side, no, you know, no out and out number. Or oh, maybe you know, a couple of them can play out and out number eights, but the rest have got a bit of skill to play across the back row. Yeah, um, and Sa- Santiago uh, Grandino, I think had seven seven very important tackles to preserve the win. I mean, what an experience to come off. That young and uh, and basically have to come in in one of the most famous uh, matches in Argentine history. Mm. Well, you know that's uh, I think it, it's uh, it is it's a it's always a, an interesting balance around how you use your your players across the twenty three and when when you decide to 
to bring them into the game. When Grandona came into this game, you know, the first thing he did was take a, a line out at the very back. It was, a, it was a good take and we were able to drive them all from there and, and get a bit of the dominance there. But I think one of the big things we've done here so far is just really giving them a different feel around preparation. So the, um, there's a lot more onus on the player to to um, to bring themselves to the to mark a lot more freedom inside of the camp around you know when you do you know different things and it's all about players you know coming to their competing against each other and coming to their best performances on game day so you got to back them when the opportunity comes mm. no it's brilliant and some of the injury I mean every every team has injuries but it seems like your injuries have opened up opportunities for people who have really, really grabbed it. Uh, and that's yeah. good to see. But it, it also makes me think, you know, if, if, if the Pumas is a band and you're the front man and you're a good front man, uh, the lead <laughs> singer, there's always that moment in every concert where the lead singer says, and I wanted to introduce you to the drums and the guitar. <laughs> and uh, my sense about you has always been that you like, you enjoy your, um, your fellow uh, workers, your colleagues, and you're not too stuck up about it. So tell us more about your assistant coaches and what have they oh, been you're talking about me? Yeah. All right, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize. Yeah, not many, many musical bands in my body. You know what I mean? Did, but, did, uh, you had that moment where you, where you have to go around and say it, and it looks like to me you have different. Um, I mean, you have a league coach for um, coming in, mm-hmm. Kidwell. You've you've got Contepomi. Uh, T- tell us about the, your your traveling band. Yeah, there <laughs> it's a different sort of crew, I think. Um, the only guy that's still here from when Mario was coaching is Juan Fernandez Lobet, who's got a slightly different role now as well. And we've, we're coaching in a different way, right? Because we've all, everyone's sort of got an area or whatever they're looking after, but we're, we're sort of sharing information. So everyone's coaching. Um, and we're, we're focusing more, I suppose, on one lead coach on the field. So that it's one singular voice throughout the training. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Move faster. Um, you know, there's no variability. Like someone's coming off a bad, having a bad day, that I bring a bad vibe to where we're, we're sort of yep. going. We can interchange and then, um, and and comfortably um, do that. So an example would be that you know, Felipe Contempomi is running the session. He's more than comfortable to talk about the defensive side of the game and. And talk to players about that, um, as well as the attacking side of the game, which of course he is, you know, sort of driving. And that comes from a lot of the work that we've done together as coaches to get really quite unified on strategy and how we how we speak to players and keeping each other informed of the different conversations that go on. So we're trying to be as you know connected as a coaching team as possible, along with all the other support mm-hmm. team. Um, and we're we're really trying to to up our performance as as a as a support team as a whole, so that we can show um, by yeah. actions how you know how we mm. we become a better team. We we know Michael the um the, the story of you bumping into David Kidwell repeatedly at a coffee shop in Clavelli in the eastern suburbs there there somewhere. We were you purposefully trying to find different sorts of assistance or put together a different coaching team this year based on everything you've learned over, you know, 15 years as a coach? Yeah, I was. I, I looked for a different, uh, different, a few different things that I've been wanting to do for uh, since probably I finished with the Wallabies and mm. the stuff I've been doing in between and some ideas that I wanted to, to bring in around not just the the coaching team, but also around the support team, and then about the, um, and then in the, uh, also in the way we prepare in the week and all those types of things. Yeah. So we we yeah, I wanted to do some the, the the players here are, you know, they're in an awkward situation where they're playing their rugby in the northern hemisphere, they're yeah. rugby, and they're international rugby in the southern hemisphere, which means they have no break. Right? Yeah, realistically, so. The ability to create variety and make it feel like it's not the same old rigmarole. Yeah, sure. Um, they'll get in their club and do different things. Um, is really important to keep them fresh and 
and keep them engaged in, in what's happening, even though they're very passionate about playing, the engagement mm. is, is really important because, you know, it's not it's not easy to keep backing up. No. You know, and gym and this and that every day, you know, and guys need breaks. So we're, we're taking a very sort of different approach around even just the conversations that we have with players and the strategy around, you know, we didn't bring everyone on this trip. You know, we've, we've got a few over 30s. We decided to leave them at home. We negotiated with their clubs about giving them a bit of extra time as well if they weren't, if we were giving them time off so they could get a good break so they can last yep. the season out and get ourselves to the World Cup in the best physical condition that we can. Yeah. We, so 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 why like why David Kidwell? And and was the was the first time you bumped him into, into a coffee shop, were you, were you straight away thinking you could be a rugby defence coach? No, 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 not at all. Like, Live, just uh, David doesn't live too far from where I live in Sydney, yep. and uh, he was in fact a mate of mine who was speaking to Dave in a different conversation. Who um, and and then I was talking to him about he was asking me about what I was doing, what I was thinking about with the with the Pumas, and I hadn't really thought too much about it. And he's I was thinking about some different options, and he suggested that I have a talk with Dave, and which I then did, and you know I think. One of the things that I liked a lot was that he didn't, for for a Kiwi, he didn't have a lot of rugby um, knowledge around Mm. or background. So I liked the Mm. idea of having that fresh set of eyes, a different look. On things, and uh, it's and it's a real it's a real throwback to, to to John Muggleton and and um you know Andy Farrell first getting involved as well, isn't it? Oh, I suppose I don't know I don't know those scenarios in particular, but it yeah. sort of just we didn't we had a few conversations, and then uh, I was away, so we had a few we had a few conversations face to face, and then I was away, and we had a few conversations on Zoom and watched some footy together on Zoom, and that was pretty much about it, I think. His 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 personality as well as the uh, is very important too. He's brought something yeah. from a personality point of view, uh, along with his passion for for what he does in the game, and uh, and his relationships with players, and then of course his skill in you know helping yeah. guys to be better in defence and just to be better players all around. You know, he's, he's a good coach, uh, obviously a coach with a lot of experience. You know. For, mm. Who's coaching national team in New Zealand in rugby league? He's been in the, some of the best rugby league systems. In, you know, going round up being the Melbourne Storm is with South mm. in an excellent era, and now with Parramatta, the previous to here, where you know he's they're you know top four contenders pretty regularly. So you know, there's a lot of good IQ there, and and he's adapted pretty quickly to understanding. And, and nuances of the rugby side of the defensive system. So, um, yeah, it's been good. And we've enjoyed having him. You know, he's been a yeah. really good addition socially as well. And and just as a person, it's been really good. Michael, you've always been a coach's coach, from my opinion. You you have time for other coaches and you acknowledge the pressure that you're under. The, the rugby championship this year is almost comical how one week you're a hero, then the next week you're a zero, and the next week you're a hero. <laughs> and it can't possibly be true. I mean, you know, Ian Foster doesn't go from being the worst coach to the best to the worst, uh, and, and nor does any of you guys. What's the what's the proper way to judge a coach? I mean, is it is it something where you really need three or four years to really show your worth? Um, I, under, I understand it goes with a gig that you have to win. We get that. But... Surely there's a different way. If you were the one running things, would you look at it more in a longer cycle? Yeah, of course. I think, um, look, I'm a big believer that the coaches, the selection of a coach is like very three-dimensional, you know, right person in the right team at the right time. Yeah. So as a team, I've definitely hit the mark being in the right place at the right time with, you know, Leinster, let's say, and then, yeah. you know, with Waratahs. So those those situations fit fitted for me really well. And and with the Wallabies too, I think, you know. Um what what you have to see is players getting better. So players improving and I suppose the this the, because that's where you can you know you're always going to have your star players that they'll that they should be, you know, you expect their delivery. So those players in the middle, when your young players coming through, it's those players in the middle 
if you can get them playing above their potential, you know, and you see that yeah. improvement in guys, and you can see it in, you know, that you'll see, if you look at all the teams around, that you'll see where those players are and you'll see their improvement. And I think when you start seeing improvement in players and, and then in the collectives, so in, say, the scrums or the, the line-outs or the... And, and then, of course, consistency, you know what I mean, and delivering that. And that, that allows you to, you know, to, to see what goes on because not every coach, you know, at the end of the day, only one team's winning the comp, right? So, yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's yeah, you might have you have to really have a the connection between your your board, right, and your chairman and your CEO and your head coach and your captain very aligned, um, so that you understand the exact situation of where you are, like what's the mm. reality. Right. Well, everyone can say we're going to win win the comp. Like everyone wants to win the comp, but you've got to understand exactly where you are. Because if you don't, you can't improve. Yeah, like, you, you need to have a real. It's like a, a you know taking a, a a measure of a business or, or anything. You know, if you don't understand exactly where you are and how you fare in the marketplace, you can't you can't make a strategy to go forward and improve. Mm. So, and often you know. Sport has this um, very interesting thing where the business of sport has two bottom lines, right? There's the financial and the administrational bottom lines, and then there's the emotional bottom line that comes yep. with, you know, winning. And you've got to—they don't necessarily run parallel. No. So they're often uh, polar opposite, even. Well, they can be. It, look, I—I I see, um, for example, when I spent time with the Roosters. You see, it's a club that's perfectly aligned, you know. Yeah, sure. And to the coach, the CEO, through the captain, and they've got great alignment. And that's where you start to see in clubs like that, you start to, you don't see panic. You see, you know, when there's, even this year, maybe that they haven't been as high up as they, as they would have been over these last years, but you see that, that, that real comfort in okay, here's a here's an uncomfortable situation, and we're going to get comfortable in this, and we're going to saw how they yeah. played the night against the storm. Yeah, went down it like that's a sign of a club that's comfortable in its own skin. Yeah, you know, and they know who they are, and they know it's not always going to be right. And one of the big things that I'm trying to do here with the lads is talk about um, how how to. You know, enjoy the imperfection, like enjoy the the hard times because that's footy. Like it's yeah. half, like you've got to enjoy it and, and and rip into it. And it may not go your way afterwards, but isn't you can't perfection it doesn't exist in the game. And I think yeah. sometimes you're trying to search for perfect and if it doesn't go perfectly well, you get down on yourself, you know, and you shouldn't. That's about getting in there and getting in the fight and 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 I think those things really um, can help you measure where a coach is. I think too many yeah. clubs or federations or whatever, they're measuring their coaches incorrectly, you know, that they're allowed to measure their coaches and stuff, but you've got to have an accurate snapshot of where you are mm. on, the, on the scale to then say, okay, well, how are we performing based on where we are as, a, as yeah. an organisation, as a club, as well with our roster, with our resources, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Are we are we judging are we judging players similarly too harshly sometimes, Michael? I mean the the Michael Hooper left left Argentina early and 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 he's been applauded for for speaking out. Um, but at the same time, you know the what the Wallabies coaches and, and Dave Rennie have all said the players have all said that that they didn't see it coming. So. Is the pressure that's being applied to to players and, and to captains, I suppose, is that similarly harsh to some, to how we how we're judging um, ca- coaches sometimes? And you obviously know Michael Hooper very well. Yeah, mate. I don't think. Look, I don't. I'm. Well, this is just me, right? You know, yeah. I, I. When we talk about judging, this is really important, right? Because the media judging or the fans judging, mate. That's that's good. Like if if we're not doing that, if there's no interest in the game and we're not having these conversations and ripping into each other and this guy's hopeless, well, that's what you want to do. You want to get people enjoying the game. Like yeah. you want to have people on the coffee the next morning saying, what about the game? That guy's hopeless. This guy's great. That guy. 
no one really means it. You know what I yeah. mean? Anyone that does. <laughs> what, about, what about Nick you White's know, dive? Confused, you know what I mean? If they think it's really personal. Yeah. Uh, but that you want to have that. And that, I, like a lot of that commentary has been about me, men, men, you know, wherever I've been, you know, mm. and that, that's the same for most coaches and players. You've got to just go go with that. And, you know, if you're, if you're genuine, there's not many questions that have been asked about you that you, you haven't asked yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? When it all boils down to it, I'm, I'm, for me, I'm my own biggest critic. Um, so that's why I never really feel the heat because I don't, um, there's nothing I haven't, I haven't asked myself, you know, I mean, I've yeah. myself on that anyone else is not going to say. And, you know, mate, like it's, you've got to, the most important person to listen to is yourself. You know, mm. you've got to be self confident. You've got to, you can't be, let judgment get the better of you. I think the situations where it can get stressful is more around, you know, when I'm away from home a lot, uh, you know, that, that, that pressure of getting out, getting up. I don't think it's the judgment from the outside that's, that, that yeah. is heat on players at all or on, on coaches. I think it might be an easy out sometimes. I think it's just, the, 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 I think that's part of the, the love of the game. Like, it, yeah, I remember as a young fellow, or my my dad, like he was my, he's carrying on like he was a fan. I was, like, mate, you know, I did play in the game. You can't be bad in the I'm right here. I went over and he used to come watch me play. You know, but it just goes with the territory of footy yeah. fans. You know, and if you didn't have footy fans, well, there's no footy. You know, yeah. that's when it all boils down. So, and it's same with the media. I'm like, that's their. It's the, the thing, you know, and they, yeah, okay, it can get a little bit out of control sometimes. But I don't think, I don't think that's the cause of things. I think the, the pressures that can go on inside of, you know, the relationships with, you, you know, your own personal relationships. Like we're away a lot. I'm like it's my own fault because I've hooked up with a couple of different things, you know. So I'm on the move a fair bit. I, I think I've seen my family about two weeks in the last maybe seven or eight months. Six, oh, goodness. Seven, seven a month. I probably won't see him again until December, you know, because the Rugby League World Cup. And yeah. So it, it does. It puts pressure on. It, not pressure. It just it makes it like you're trying to keep it. Uh, you want them to prosper. They want you to do what you love. Uh, and and then you think about all the other things that are going on. Sometimes it can get the better of you, you know. Yeah. So that's where, um, you know, having a really good rapport with, with players and coaches and let, making sure that they're comfortable to come to you when they're when they're feeling it you know mm. and and um and that you're or, or and sometimes even for, like for me personally i'm always trying to get ahead of it you know but yeah do this offer this have this take this time off to here go there you know and just yeah it's something yeah. more those things than than you know, yeah the outside personally you, so my, you, my guy, Sorry, yeah, my, Michael, I was talking to you, Marcelo Bosch. We had him on the pod um, a few weeks ago, and I had a question that I thought was a good question. I was like, isn't Michael Cech a perfect, passionate guy to fit into the Latin passion, <laughs> this and that, the tango? And, the, and, and he actually said, no, Michael has brought discipline and structure. He's like, and we, we had such a good giggle about this because you're, you're, seen as, you're seen as a guy who fires people up, you know, make me run through a wall. And so, but the, their perception was maybe a different one, which was that you brought tactical acumen, uh, a real uh, analysis. Um, and so I wondered, it's kind of like me playing golf yesterday in Melbourne. I heard, uh, birds, I heard birds that sound like sheep and I go, where are, where am I? <laughs> are you learning a different side of Argentina as a place, as a culture, as a country? Is it, is it interesting and fun for you to, you know, getting through the misconceptions and and get beyond the Latin passion thing, and just get into you know uh, and knowing these people. Oh, uh, look! I think well, first of all, on my own, like that's how I've always been. You know, this you've got to have different. You got to have a few different dimensions. I think you can't show everything out there. And, um, <laughs> and I'm lucky because being of an immigrant myself, of, of you know. Lebanese heritage, we've got a bit of the hotness in us as well. <laughs> so the red mist can come down. So it allows me to be, have the choice to be, you know, Latin or Anglo-Saxon. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you, you can choose which way you want to go. And I think, you know, probably more, there's more Anglo-Saxon in place over here. You know, I think that's mm. a little bit more of what they needed um, from me, that what I could give them. And um, 
they're very open to you know doing things in that way and uh yeah and, and ta- it takes time because it's a new way of preparing um and but i think that they they've enjoyed that and um, they're coming to terms with it. We're still coming to terms. Yeah, it's only early on in the, in the time that we've, we've been together. Rugby on the Raw. The tournament, Michael, the Rugby Championship, um, now that we're three rounds in, it feels like it's as wide open as it's been in certainly the last few years. How much confidence do you guys as a squad take now into the into the last three rounds? Well, if I'm being honest, mate, I'm not really thinking about the last three rounds. I'm thinking about round four. Yeah, sure. No, I'm, be- I'm not being a smart No, 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 I understand. Because what happens is you go well in round four, then round five and six are alive. Yes. You know, so yep. that you really it's such short six games you can't really play it out you've got to just take it one at a time a little bit like those world cups you know there's six seven games you can't plot it out you just got to get to the first game with the focus on that and then just go from there step by step so um it's it is one open australia bumped off the world champs pretty you know yeah the other day and um and there's still obviously a lot of competition to go with us. I think we've got one game against New Zealand, they've got two against Australia, and then we've got the two against South Africa. So there's still plenty of big mountains to climb. So (laughs) I think at this stage um, it's just about really concentrating on ourselves, how we'll improve as players and as a team, and then also how we can – what's our strategy that we'll apply in the game Yep. to try to make it work for us, right? And then if we can get something out of game four, we'll, we'll see how we're placed for game five. Yeah, yeah. You'll have been encouraged to to see Australia bounce back like they did in Adelaide. Um, and obviously the as soon as we start winning games, you know what Australian fans are like. We start thinking, oh, is this the year? Because the blood is low on the horizon and all that. Is it, how do you try and how do you try and stay in that moment of just going, so we've, we've just got to stay on this. We can't worry about Letters like cups or rugby championships, we've just got to worry about round four this weekend. Yeah, mate, I find that very easy. You know, yeah, I think that that's the that's the ego in you thinking about all that stuff. And if you can keep, you got to be able to keep the ego out. You just got to think about players, like looking at the next game as the. Like it's the grand, every game is the grand final. You yeah, know? yeah. yeah. And, if, and in the grand final, you want to try and perform at a peak. That's in international. In clubs, it's, it's a little bit different because the seasons are longer and there's more games and you've got to plan a bit more there. But with these games, you know, that's why they're so unreal. You love, I love being involved with them because everything's on the line every time you go out there. And uh, you, you just, I, I really just think about, them one at a time, you know. I don't. I find any difficulty. There's no. Mm. We haven't even looked at a South African game or a, you know, anything like that. Yeah. About putting all our energy into our team and preparing for 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 this game that's in front of us because that will give us the opportunity. That will create the opportunities for the next games. Yeah. Ones, you know, and it'll create the things that we need to improve. It'll create the things we need to keep. And it'll be it'll create the things that we need to get rid of. Yeah. Know? So uh, uh, that's that's that sort of single vision, you know, focus type thing where yeah. you you can get um, with a good a good balance of obsession, if that makes any sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. It does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, preparing, that, you know, that could be the title of our pod right there. A good, <laughs> <laughs> good balance of obsession. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Just writing that run right down now. In fact, that's that's good. Michael, uh, you're a fashionista. I was wondering, as I saw you as the the man in black <laughs> in a in a blue man group, your your coaches coaching box is a bunch of blue uh, sky blue guys, and you're all in black. Were you trolling the all blacks by wearing all black? That dude is actually navy. I want that to be clear. Uh, right? Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know. Uh, that felt like an Eddie Jones playbook, didn't it? Did, nah, did, did Eddie, Eddie run out in black jumpers I, one year? 
could not take anything from the great man's uh, face. <laughs> <laughs> He's a different size to me, that's for sure. Yeah, just a so, touch. Uh, I don't know. I just, you know, go with the flow, try something different, do something different. I don't know. See what's See comfortable? Yeah. <laughs> do, you, um, do, do you give yourself a, a chance just to cast a bit of an eye at how, how the Wallabies are going? You've got your job to do, obviously, but you're still in Australia. You're still a proud yeah, r- rugby man. Yeah, mate, I'm happy they beat South Africa. Don't worry, I'm not scared to say. You know, I'm Argentinian coach, and obviously, when that time comes, that's I'm I'm 100% Argentinian and that and that mm. front. But you know, I want I I'm a uh, yeah, like I said, I'm an Aussie, and I want them to do well, just not when they play us. So, <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. I think <laughs> that's pretty logical, and yeah. and I've got a lot of good friends still in that team, and. A lot of guys I've spent a lot of time with and, you know, mate, and that's where, you know, I, from day one I feel like ever since I left that it, with the Australia, you know, I've always tried to be supportive. I've always tried to say that, yeah. you know, do the right thing, doing the commentary and that because I feel that way. Yeah. I'm doing it because I genuinely feel that way. And and that's why the last couple of games were, were a bit strange for me with playing Australia, but I enjoyed it with um with the Argentinian guys, I identify a lot with them. They're they're good fellas, you know. But uh, of course, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. You want Australia to do well, you know. My kids, they came down to the game in San Juan, and they didn't. Uh, they were struggling because they didn't know who to support. Right, like they were. Kind of, <laughs> <laughs> they kept asking me. I was just telling them to do whatever they want. You know what I mean? But uh, uh, so. My youngest, he's a massive hoops fan, right? So, and hoops wasn't playing. That was yeah. Him. Swung him over to us to the RGC. So he couldn't go for us if, we, if hoops was playing because hoops wasn't playing. He swung him over. <laughs> have you? I, I want to ask you about the commentary in a moment. Have Have you Have you tried to touch touch base with with hoops quite quite seriously in the last few weeks? Have you Have you tried to check yeah, we've in? Talked, we've, we've had some communication there, just sitting yep. out and going and whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, he's he's a good man, and he's a he's a he's a, he's a well, he's obviously a great wallaby, and he's a mm. he's even a better human. You know what I mean? I've got so much time for him, so he'll be sweet. He'll, yeah. he'll get himself right. He'll be back soon. Are you um the the wallaby fan in you? Do you do you do you dare to dream about Bledisloe cups and things? I can't be doing that. I can't be dreaming about <laughs> other teams winning trophies. Like sure, you know, if they do it. That's good, you know. <laughs> I, I won't be dreaming about it, you know. Sure, but, but you've got uh, but you've got the flag on standby just in case. Uh, well, no, not yet. Not <laughs> no, 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 look, obviously, you know, there's a you know, every time I ring my kids, they've always got a wallaby jersey on or something yeah. like that. I've got to get them a few large ones. But the 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 thing is now for me is more about. Um, I suppose I look at the team in, in, with a different set of eyes now. Yeah, sure. A different set of eyes and um, for different things. And, you know, we've got to have to play them again once. And then, you know, you never know what could happen in the World Cup. Yes. On the same side of the draw. So could well make the quarterfinal, couldn't you? Got to be ready for, um, you know, mentally for those confrontations. So, yeah. you know, I don't want to be a bit like jelly, you know what I mean? I've got to get <laughs> yeah. Fair, fair. Oh, you mentioned you mentioned your commentary um, and your analysis on on Stan Sport this year has been has been really really enjoyable to see. What, what have you learned about your coaching doing that sort of live TV analysis? Well, what I have did realize is you almost know everything that's going to happen. You know, it's like you because you've seen it all a hundred times. You get. Yeah. You know, you could you'd be sitting there and say, "Oh, look, this is going to happen here," and it's and sure enough, it does because you just see because you un, it unfolds in the way you can sort of almost see it from when you do it. But I have really enjoyed it because the, the main reason I wanted to do it was just to I felt like commentary just needed like rugby commentary in general just needed someone to say, "This is what's happening," and this is yes. maybe what the coach is thinking, and this yeah. as opposed to giving an opinion, like or. Yeah. A, that's why I won't do any tips or any questions, even really, <laughs> unless they really force me to or anything like that. Because I think people, it's good for people to know some of those little details when yeah. they're watching the game, you know, and or what are they possibly thinking, or what could the coach be doing, what could that player be be thinking about, what's he trying to achieve there, or a lot of stuff that maybe doesn't happen. 
when you, you you can see it unfolding in the background. So, like, I have I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the people there. The guy who runs it there, Murray Shaw, is really has been excellent, and I think they've done a really good job for the rugby coverage in general. Yeah, you know, Shoot Shield being on, and that the Hospital Cup, all the games being on, Stan and. Uh, not not making an ad here, but but just being able to watch them all <laughs> yeah. has been and um and just the the women's game how they're approaching yeah. the women's game and their 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 energy for that you know I think they've been they've they've, mm. they've got some good people on there so it's been really good has it has it helped the way that you can deliver your messages to your team now because you've had to learn how to do that from a broadcast sense does does that help on the coaching front no, no i've always had, i've always been comfortable talking <laughs> yeah <laughs> fair. i think coaching has helped me be on tv but <laughs> i feel very comfortable you know speaking yeah. you know in front of people and you know being you know sometimes you mess it up you know but in general being able to read the room and yeah and, uh, I love that stuff, you know. So and try and get the get things right when it comes to saying the right thing at the right time. So yeah, um, yeah. I think yeah. The only thing that you don't get in rugby is you haven't got someone in your ear telling you they're lucky. You got twenty seconds, like yeah. a two minute piece of analysis. <laughs> you could have told me that before, but um, <laughs> but, but I've I've really enjoyed it. Actually, I've enjoyed yeah. that. I've enjoyed being part of the coverage, and and I hope that people have got. I really hope that rugby fans have been able to get something from it, you know. It's yeah, just no doubt. Vital show. I mentioned um, I mentioned early on that we we had a conversation many years ago. I was writing for a magazine out of uh, out of New Zealand, funnily enough, and it was not long after you'd taken on the Wallabies job. You were still in the Waratahs job at the time, and I remember asking you how you switched between because there were times during Super Rugby you'd have to be thinking about what the Wallabies the Wallaby set up and from memory you talked about having a different folder and a different box of stuff for, for the Wallabies so you were literally putting things away so I'm wondering you're, you're the Pumas coach you're about to take Lebanon to a rugby league world cup you're, you're a tv commentator how many folders you got in your shelf at the moment uh, I've got my <laughs> Japanese friends as well you know oh yeah. true true I've forgotten uh, that yes mate I think it's just about being it's I really wanted to do it to challenge like I'm be be better organized and also deal with things on deadlines like priority. Yeah, right. What do I need to do next? What's the thing that's coming next? How do I run that? And then time management obviously is is fundamental, you know. And I try to break my time up, um, you know, uh, based on the time zone you're in. Uh, you know, what can I do there? So if you're in Argentina, the time zone is pretty handy because it's twelve hours, so midnight is midday in Japan or in Australia. So mm. you get a lot of that stuff done or whatever. But it's just about getting on top of those things and not letting it because it can overwhelm you if you're not, yes. if you're not careful. So you just got to make sure that when it's time to deal with stuff, you deal with it. Don't don't push it off to the next day. Yeah. Yeah, fair. You um you took a little bit of time to get back into coaching this time, you, you mentioned you mentioned the Roosters. You, you spent a lot of time with with Trent Robinson and all that. Do you do you still consider yourself a, a career coach? And I, and I guess that sort of leads into the question: You have what do you have in mind after after your time's finished with Argentina? Well, I've never considered myself a career coach. Right? Okay, just like um, do your best and see what happens next. You know, and if you keep yeah. enjoying it, you know, I don't consider it a career. I'll, I'll be honest; I don't even, like I don't consider it as work. <laughs> I'm being honest. Like, yeah. it's not. A, there's people out there doing real jobs. You know, coaching footy is not a real job. Yeah, it's it's time consuming and it's got all that stuff. And but it's it's great fun. You know? like, yeah, yeah. It, it, it always yeah. seemed it always seemed to me that you just you like the the people involved. I imagine a guy like Go Slow Emiliano Buffelli how. How different he is from uh, Volcano Lavanini or whatever it is. <laughs> but uh, sorry, I worked on that one. But uh, but I, I, I he imagine does, he you, does that. I imagine you actually enjoy that uh, walking into yeah, it's just fun stuff. Yeah, like so many different people and mix and match them with those guys and you know um, just doing some crazy stuff that people don't ever expect you to do. Yeah. 
you know, inside the team and making people enjoy themselves as well as be hard as well and, 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 and tough on getting them ready. Mm. Uh, I, I like that whole, you know, tussle and the ups and downs and the wins and losses and the difficult situations. It's addictive, you know, and um, uh, that's why you really, like, I'm not one of the guys that's going to be writing down notes in the, in the coach's box, you know. It's not my go. I think I've you feel the game. I've obviously got. I trust the other fellas to do that stuff. I'm yeah. more of just to watch, feel, enjoy, um, and then yeah, you know, and then be be ready when I have to make those decisions, you know, and be prepared. I enjoy making them when when mm. it's on. You know, I like that. You know, and I'll take responsibility for the good ones and the bad ones. Yeah. So you see, so you see how things go. You see, see how you're enjoying things. Is there a, is there a oh, desire to co- coach Australia again? Is that, is that something you'd, you'd yeah, like to do? I, I, I'd, um, I've just decided that as long as I'm enjoying doing it, yeah, whatever. I think you know the the league's really interested me. You know, since yeah, I that, this has been unreal. Like coming here and you know it's. Uh, it's energised me, uh, and yeah, it's it's a challenge. I, do, I love a challenge. Like you know, I know it sounds corny, but I do. I love that. Yeah, challenge of you know creating things and you know trying to get teams to be successful and helping them and you not know, getting back up off the ground when they've been unsuccessful. You know, so I mean, I've never been huge on planning as far as. That's concerned, you know, for yeah, you, right. myself. I'll just say if I if I do well and I'm and I can you know, I can still enjoy it and I can do well, I'll keep doing it and see what happens. You know, I'm not I'm not really uh, I'm very focused on on this, you know, and getting getting this right um, for the for the guys here. You know, I'm yeah. good friends with. With some of the people, uh, you know, like Gus Bishow and and obviously with Felipe and, and and Mario and guys who I've had a long association with Rodrigo and Sarah, you know, Leggies and mine, guys I've coached and and with over the years, coached and coached with. Coached against, yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of friends, you know, um, that that are sort of in this that are connected into the Argentina world, and so mm. I want to do well for them. I want to try and do the best I can for them. And so, that's what happens. So we could well see you in 2027 in a World Cup in Australia, but we just don't know what colour capital but yet. <laughs> well, I don't know yet, mate. That's that's so far away. It's not funny, you know. It's tomorrow. And get, Cons- considering how much you've got on your plate at the moment, I can understand why you could say that is a long way away, yeah. It is. It is. I, I think you just... Yeah, I'm, I've never been because I just want to enjoy what's like. I want to do what I'm doing now. Yeah, I've never been a sort of person who will orchestrate for the future or when, it, when inside of a team. Yes, definitely planning inside of the business, business like in my business or in the yeah. team. Whether yes, that that type of professional plan, but for, I don't feel like I need to do that for myself because what you do every day will lead to what happens for you tomorrow. You know? Yeah, so sure. So you get the best in, in what's happening now and then the rest will look after itself. It really is a good balance of obsession. It's, it's a, it's a really good way of putting it. It is, you know, like <laughs> you, you get a, you, you, it is a, with obsession, you know, you, it's all right to be obsessed as long as you've got something else to counterbalance that. Yeah. You, know, you can be, it's not, it's not like be less obsessed so that you're all balanced. <laughs> right. Be obsessed and then you have something else going. For me, it's my yeah. business or whatever yeah. it is. Obviously, my family, that's not, but that brings you back on the scale so that you can do both. Yeah. One, uh, one, one last one before I let you go. How, how are your, um, your rugby league world cup preps with Lebanon going? It's going good. They start, we start training on Monday. Right. That's how do you train by Zoom? No, straight from here, I'll go to Australia. Oh, right. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll set, start the camp up, right? Get them going. And then the other coaches will run it while I go back to Argentina for the test against South Africa. And then I'll come back for the rest of the camp. And then we're off to England. Yeah, right. 
So you're not quite you're not you're not quite dragging a a bag of Argentinian team kit and a a bag of Lebanese team kit. You're not quite doing that. I'll send my team kit with the team, and they'll they'll carry it for me. And then I'll bring my. I don't know if we've actually got the kit for the Lebs. I'm sure we'll have some somewhere. We'll find some somewhere. But it'll be great. I can't wait for that. It's you know it's going to be an experience. You know to be coaching in you know in a a World Cup in another sport. It's going to be awesome. So looking forward to it. Absolutely. Not really thought a heap about what I'm going to be doing yet. I just got to get through this one. It's a it's a it's a whole other month away. Look, Michael, it's been a fantastic chat. We really appreciate your time. We've we've taken you longer than we said we would, but it's it's been it's been fantastic to talk to you. No worries. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Jack. See you, boys. Good on Thanks you. you best no best of luck Good this luck. week. Best Thank of luck. Thank you very much. See ya. Good luck. The roar. Harry, fantastic to have Michael Checker. Um, and credit to you, you've been working on that one in the background for several weeks now. Um, and it was just great to have. I mean, we've talked about the timing a little bit. We, we could we couldn't have got any better with that. Uh, but it was it was great. I really enjoyed that. It actually simulated the feeling of a, of a match. I was nervous before. It, <laughs> yeah. Everyone around in our production crew has been nervous. There's been uh, a lot more pregame uh, and, yes. and so forth. And look, Michael could not have been a lovelier guest. Yeah. Uh, had plenty of time for us. Humble, fun. Uh, he has his own kind of idiosyncrasies, which we knew going in. And what I liked about it, he was very uh, transparent about those. I mean, he just yeah. he talked about his family, what's going on. Uh, I felt and, there's like a, he, and there's a lot going on too. I felt like that was a good interview and uh, and that we actually nailed it. But maybe I'm wrong. But I will say this. Up until the very second that he called in, I was thinking, oh, what if this <laughs> is just a big, giant prank? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to get Marcelo Bosch again. <laughs> no, I joke. I joke. We'll have him back any day, Marcelo. Well, mate, we 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 do actually need to talk about the Wallabies and Box um, a, a, a little bit. A couple of days now after the event, how how are you seeing or are you seeing things differently now to maybe how we talked about it on Saturday night? No, it's, it's it's just the nature of rugby, how interesting it is, how there's no stat that tells you. If you just had the stat sheet out right now and, and peruse the game, you wouldn't really understand any of it. Um, it was these uh, surgical strikes by yeah. a, a really well-trained Wallaby a team that had explored uh, the spaces in between Buck defense. Um, yes, other, they did. Other, other, other teams had not found those, but they did. Uh, there's a very technical reason for pillar post guard three channel that exists in the box. And I'm sure they'll tighten it up for the, from Springboks aside, it's really a question. The debate inside South Africa is how much should we be doing this, which is looking to um, quarterfinal semifinal in France. And how much should we look at every single test is a be all and end all a fight to the death. You must win. Yeah. It's clearly Jacques Nava is not thinking no. that he's, he's, he's doing some, um, R&D and trying to figure yeah. it out. Yeah. So I think that's the, that's the downside. However, I will say that the Adelaide crowd was treated to a wonderful spectacle. Yeah. And that roar that came with, uh, I think it was Noah's, uh, Noah's assist. Try yeah. Assist. Yeah. For Fraser McWright's second try. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. That was because the Adelaide crowd know a good inside pass from a loose head prop. <laughs> and I mean, oh, James Slipper, he's done it again. And that's, it's, it's a carbon copy play of what the Brumbies ran against the Melbourne Rebels earlier this year. It was it was Tom Banks that that ran away and scored it. But the line that 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 Lolisio ran to get there, if you if you see it from the uh, the spider cam, the overhead shot, he's actually come from outside the ruck and he's come in a in a like a crescent moon line to get to the blind side to hit that hole and then angle back away from the post to bring Fraser mm. right in it. So he's yeah. he's run a real horseshoe line almost um, to, to do it. And But the ball from Slipper was just absolutely incredible. The, the thing for me now going to Sydney is, and it's, for, it's the forever question as far as Wallabies fans go, and I touched on it in my column on Tuesday, how do they back it up now in Sydney? Like how do they... How how do they get it in their head that that wasn't the end result? That has to just be the the, the basement for the next step. Because even if yeah. they just improve the lineouts a little bit, and even if they just improve the scrums a little bit, 
there's no reason they can't win in Sydney this weekend. No reason. That's true. Uh, and the only team, but the only team in the rugby championship that's done it so far is Argentina. Everyone true. else has had an up, down, up, down. I was uh, hanging out with the box in the airport in Adelaide, and so I've got a good feel for the, the side. And I will say yeah. this. They seem very relaxed and ready to go. The box squad, relaxed. playing yeah. cards, uh, had a good time with all of them. Ox uh, Incher did did assure me. He promised me uh, that he scored twice. So uh, <laughs> of, course, of course he did. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. No, Ox is a good man. We'll see. Yeah. But I do think my point there is that the Springboks would would have felt that that game, even though it was definitely decisively won and deservedly yeah. won by the Wallabies, that it was still there for the taking had they converted those opportunities. So I think yeah, that's, the, yeah. that's the lesson that yeah. a coach can take. Uh, we just got the news of the, the lineup, and it's actually a very experimental lineup. You have Damian Williams uh, uh, starting at 10. Andre uh, Pollard did have a very heavily strapped uh, leg at, yeah. the, at the airport. Um, I, I did. But, I, uh, we did bring, I did bring this out. up a few weeks ago, yeah. didn't I? I, we did, I did wonder about Williams at 10. Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll also say this. Yeah, I looked at some stats today. Uh, guys like Jasper Visa, who has 10 hard carries and 15 hard tackles a match, has has played in 37 matches in the last 12 months. And wow. a lot of the Springboks have played over 30. So it's not just about linking at World Cup. There's a, a question that uh, Michael Cheka alluded to, which is the yeah. rotation, keeping it fresh. He held Guido Petty out, for example, for the first two and then he's put him in so all the coaches right now are balancing minutes yeah yeah uh, no but doubt. I, I do think Sydney is going to be um a better match I just think that part of that is because now the box have a little bit of um freedom maybe to play and I think yeah. maybe the, the crowd at the new stadium is gonna gonna be treated yeah. to something good yeah I think I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be a really special occasion certainly being the first weekend of, of football at the new Sydney football stadium uh you, you're right the, the box have named their side um just just as we as we record this um just just the eight changes to the 15 that'll that's that's <laughs> that's, that's the that's that's about normal now but the big ticket items to me just quickly looking through it now look to be Malcolm Marks starting again um you mentioned Jasper Visa at eight, Damien, certainly Damien Willems are at uh, at ten, um, and uh, well, two things: the um, the the young guy on the wing, Kanan uh, Moody, is um, will debut, and the great Vili Leroux back at uh, back at fifteen. One of your favorite players is back. Uh, as the great I went man. through the great as man. I went through the security line with Vili, I told him more Vili is what we need, and he said, "You're your oh. right." <laughs> <laughs> How can you not love him? How can you not love him? So, hey, of course, hey, hey, watch watch Keenan Moody. He's, he's a he's a lightning lightning yeah, player. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, we look forward to that. We'll see a Wallaby side named later in the week. So, the two games this weekend in round four of the Rugby Championship: New Zealand and Argentina at the Waikato Stadium in Hamilton. That's five oh five Australian Eastern Time. It's seven oh five kickoff in New Zealand, and that's followed by Australia and South Africa at the new Sydney Football Stadium at 7.35 Eastern Standard Time. Uh, a little bit of news, mate, to, to bounce out of. Um, Australia wrapped up a maiden men's seven World Series title with bronze in uh, LA on the weekend to go with the women wrapping up the World Series in Canada back in May. It's obviously the first time Australia have held both titles uh, concurrently. New Zealand won the final leg uh, of the 21-22 season. Australian flyer Corey Tool though, was named Rookie of the Year and Impact Player of the Year at the World Rugby Sevens Awards, uh, as well as being named in the Team of the Year as well. And he's um, he's signed up for the for the Brumbies next year. So uh, it'd be great to see him in open space uh, in Super Rugby. Queensland Reds co-captain Liam Wright has re-signed with the club until the end of 2024. But it's an innovative little deal, this one, mate. It gives him the ability to play in the off-season, in the Super Rugby off-season, overseas should he not be required in a wallaby squad and already he's talked about playing uh, maybe fulfilling a boyhood dream of playing for the mm. sharks where he was actually born so he could play urc he could play in japan wow. uh, could play in france so that's that's an interesting sort of a deal a bit of um bit of forward thinking there uh over in new zealand crusaders number eight uh fringe all black cullen grace is is going to be on the sidelines for a little while with a fractured collarbone um that was mm. suffered playing for canterbury against tasman 
last week, uh, last weekend. Uh, Asafa Omua has signaled his firm intention to fight for an All Blacks recall. He's re-signed with Wellington and the Hurricanes and New Zealand Rugby till the end of 2025. This this caught my eye last week, mate, and, and I'll be interested in your thoughts on it. The Stormers' first two games of the United Rugby Championship against Connaught and Edinburgh on September 24 and October 1 will be played in Stellenbosch due to a Justin Bieber concert that's going to be on at the, state, the Cape Town Stadium <laughs> on September 28, and they'll also have to move games later in the season because of the Cape Town Sevens and Monster Trucks. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what's going awesome. on there? That's, That's good me. because uh, we can't scrum on the Cape Town Stadium floor. But it does seem that URC has trouble. Ed Sheeran now and uh, Justin Bieber have actually taken over. Um, and yeah, <laughs> more uh, more more defenders beaten by Ed Sheeran <laughs> and Justin Bieber. <laughs> uh, it's been another big week for the pod um, with the instant reaction, obviously, and that's kept us up in so many rugby charts around the world. So um, thanks to everyone who's who's tuned in. But we've completed our Scandinavian set. We debuted in the top two or three in Denmark in this last week. So Yes. Yes. Hello <laughs> in Denmark. Uh, but that, mate, I think will be it. That's episode 33 of the Raw Rugby Podcast in the can. Don't forget Harry and I are both on the socials. And don't forget to drop us a line on the Raw when the new episode page lands this week. The Thursday two-up is back to see whether we need to maybe change some of our thinkings on favourites for the Rugby Championship from here. And we'll be back post-match on Saturday night with another instant reaction after the Wallabies and Springboks face-off in Sydney. Of course, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe on your pod platform of choice and ensure that every new episode drops into your notifications as soon as it goes live. It's the Raw Rugby Podcast with me, Brett McKay and Harry Jones every week on the raw.com.au Australia's biggest sporting debate the home of all your favourite international rugby analysis, opinions and conversations. Thanks for listening we'll be back in your ears next week I would be remiss if I didn't express a Springboks concern for Nick White's a speedy recovery <laughs> from the damage and injury to his self-respect. Thank you very much. Come play with us. <laughs>